Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. In the podcasting world, there are those that use language that is safe for work and those that do not. These are the stories from the latter. Dun dun. Welcome to the Reading Circle Temple. I'm Molly. I'm Indy. I'm Brittany. And I'm Goodwin. And today we're talking about Chapter 4 of Daja's book. So grab your cup of coffee. Or tea. For your drink of choice. And let's make a bargain. Chapter 4 opens with Daja and Briar talking about her vine and whether or not it's a living thing. And then Polyam shows up and she is highlighted. Just like a highlighter. And she's like, I am here to bargain with you for your stupid vine. You've wasted enough of my time. Can we get this over with? Sandri and Daja's friends are like, nope, you don't have all the proper stuff that you're supposed to have for doing a bargain. Tris was just mad. Sandri was like, I understand that you can't have singers and artists and stuff. But where's all the treats and the tea? And the pillows. And you're supposed to bring a token of your appreciation for the craftsperson. So Polyam stomps off and she's like, fine then, stupid kids. Rosethorn comes out and is like, here, Briar, here's some aloe. You're going to make burn solve. Tris can help you. Lark comes out and starts working with Sandry on making a portable loom. And she's like, y'all can practice magic if you want, because I'm going to be here for a while. Yarin comes out and gets upset because Sandri is doing weaving and other people are making burn solve. And he's like, this just isn't how things are done. And I think he also gets mad because Daja has a fire net. Yeah, what are you doing? You can't just make magic. You have to go through all the steps first. Nico says that it's fine for them to be doing magic like this because they don't exactly fit into the regular magical teaching book. Whenever Daja makes that, Yarn is mad that he thinks that the Winding Circle people are letting the kids run wild. And I guess there's a rumor going around saying that the kids are the ones that caused the earthquake to begin with. And they're like, we did not... And Nico pulls him out of the room and is like, I will explain everything to you. Let's go have a nice chat. Part one is reading like a novice. This is where we talked about what we liked and didn't like in the chapter. What did you guys like or dislike 
And the way I wrote this down was smithing with an exclamation point at the end. I enjoyed seeing Daja Smith. It's just fun. I've done it a little bit in the past, and it's, it's just a really interesting process. It appears that they don't know about annealing, which is a way of like heating and cooling a piece of metal to keep it from shattering and getting too brittle. Because she was talking about how when Polyam first showed up and was talking, you know, it was like, hey, here's my offer. Take it or leave it, you piece of trash. Triss was mad, and she uh, overheated the forge and all the bars that were in there got too brittle. You can fix that. It takes some work, but it's fixable. Also, Daja loves her friends, and she would die for any of them. I also like the part where Briar said, if you don't let us push you around, you oughtn't let them. They're close friends, and it's great to see that. I feel like that's the motto we should all live by. And my last thing is that <laughs> Rose Thorn is incapable of smiling. <laughs> she either shows her teeth, or in this one, when she was explaining how to make the burn stuff, but she told Briar and Tris, then you know what I expect. And then her mouth quivered with amusement, which I can only take to be close to a smile, but not quite. So if we ever see Rosethorn actually truly smile, it's going to be a big deal. I'm yes. waiting for that. A gigantic deal. As many times as I have read these books, I have never noticed that. Tris's starling shriek. After eating part of a wheat roll and a few insects for breakfast, he's perched on one of the vines, chattering to the local starlings as they flew by. It reminds me of both Briar and Sandry. <laughs> Briar chatting up the local street kids. And then also with Sandry, she's also part of this group, but she can also chat up nobles if she has to. Again with Sandry... When she looks down at Polyam, looking down her small nose at the woman, and then Dodge is like, someday I'll have to get her to teach me that trick. Watching the uncertainty in Polyam's face. Sandry can just snap to being noble real quick, and it's always so much fun to see her do that. I also like the idea that Sandry's kind of small, and they mention over and over that she has a small nose, so I imagine mm-hmm. that when she's quote unquote looking down her nose at Polyam, she's literally looking up at Polyam and Daja, who may actually be the same height because Daja's really tall, is like, I need Sandry to teach me to look down my nose at people. Yes. <laughs> and then when Rose Thorn tells Briar that he needs to make the salve, salve? How do you say it? Salve. Anyway, salve. He cries, Erda's womb, how much do you want? Enough to drown in it? I love his lingo. It's so great. And then when Rose Thorn says Tris is going to help, Tris is like, what if I don't want to cut up aloe leaves? Of course, she's saying this when Rose Thorn is exiting and Rose Thorn still hears her. And she's like, "Uh, ask me if I care what you want. (laughs) She still heard you. When Yaren walks in and is like, Really? Do you think that Sandry should be on her knees making gloom? She should not be weaving. She should be doing needlework. I love it when Lark shuts people down real quick in her calm manner. And she's just like, you say it like it's a dirty word, Master Fire Tamer. But if I'm not mistaken, that fine robe you wear is the product of weaving, as is every stitch you have but for your boots. It's like, yeah, you tell him. Get him, Lark. Dropping truth bombs. When Yarn is just watching Triss and Briar make all the salve, and Triss is like, something for you? I feel Triss on that one. People watching me do whatever, and I'm like, 
Do you need something? Or just can I fucking help you? Right? Yarn is like, y'all don't need all that. Briar's like, Dedicate Rosethorn thinks it might be needed. His gray-green eyes sparkle with mischief. Me, I've learned she's always nearly right. Yarn is like, oh, you're so experienced, huh? Briar taking up for his mama like he always does because he loves Rosethorn so much. It's so cute. He's got a point, too, though. I mean, he is. She, she, she's he pretty is. right about stuff. I think if I were in his position, I'd be like, well, if you think it's unnecessary, you can talk to Dedicate Rosethorn. Yeah, right? You're trying to argue with a 10-year-old. Jesus. (laughs) (laughs) When Daja makes the square and Briar's like, what did you do? She glares at him and says, why are you forever asking hard questions? (laughs) I love that. Yeah, and one day she might be able to answer. Maybe, one day. And then my last one is when Nico's trying to reassure the kids and be like, don't let him upset you. He's old and he's frightened. And Briar's like, you're as old as him and you aren't scared of us. And Nico glares at him and is like, thank you oh so much. (laughs) I was trying to reassure you, you little brat. Children are brutally honest. They are. Someone said that children are either lying which i mean you lie about stupid shit when you're a kid let's be honest (laughs) did you brush your teeth yeah the real answer is no or they're just real honest believe me i know children are brats Mm -hmm. um i love them but god damn Personally, I often prefer the honesty of children over the like subtle lies of kindness that you get from adults Well, to myself, yes. With Malia, she is sometimes too honest. We'll be in public and she'll be like, mommy, look at that woman. She's fat. Stop. Don't say something like this. Shut up. (laughs) You're being very rude. Keep your comments to yourself, child. They don't have a filter yet. No. They're just like, I'm going to say exactly what's on my mind. So fuck you if you don't like it. Children, man. You know who else strikes me that way? Mm-hmm. Rose Thorn. Yeah. 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 Although Rose Thorn waits for the opportune moment. Yes. She waits till everyone else is gone. Then she tells Yaren what's on her mind. Like nails. Three for four. <laughs> <laughs> Last chapter, we didn't mention nails. We mentioned nails in this chapter. No, I'm sorry. We didn't mention nails in chapter two. We were too busy dealing with iron vines. Speaking of, I love that when they're discussing the actual like vine or tree or whatever the hell it is, there's a comment made. Iron isn't dead. It's very much alive. I think I said it during Tristan's book at one point, and I know I've said it in this book, but I love that each metal has its own personality. It talks about how iron is super reliable and Thirty gold is mischievous and stubborn. I love this idea of the people who can work with it having that kind of perception of it. I call it yellow. That interaction pleases me to no end. The whole scene with the aloe leaves, I know we mentioned that one, but I love that Tris has not learned yet, really, to not just go against 
whatever Rose Thorne is saying. She has just yet to stop challenging whatever decision the adults make. Lark is the only one she listens to without hesitation. Even Nico, she doesn't always listen to. <laughs> the uh, scene where everybody thinks really highly of themselves and then Rose Thorne's response was, we'll fix that. <laughs> the scene in which Polyam and Daja are interacting, when Daja recognizes what she is, you genuinely start learning what the whole practice is about and why it is the way it is. She says something, and Polyam's like, yeah, well, I'd rather be this than strange piece, so you know what? Fuck you. <laughs> it was just like, let's just slap in the face. Because Daja was trying to find solace in a traitor that she could talk to. Someone that can relate to what she's going Yep. And that woman is like, hell no. Fuck you. Another dislike I have is just yarn. Just yarn. That is quite literally what my notes say. I think that's what my notes say every time he's in a chapter. He's just a crotchety old man. Oh, um, they, there's actually one more thing. Sorry, the uh, when she's leaving that uh, net, it actually is a symbol that Yaren finds super disrespectful. The great square of King Zayar the Magnificent. It cannot be done in fire or in pure magic. Ink, metals, etched in glass. I've seen all of these. It's more of a sacrilege to him more than anything in him being uppity about it. I am going to try and play devil's advocate, I guess, and talk about how Yarin kind of has a point because he's like, hey, magic, you need protections there's a structure for a reason he's kind of got a point especially considering we've seen these kids get into a lot of trouble already because they're not doing magic supervised or following the proper security protocols and we've already heard from Triss's book that if you're not careful with it it can kill you well, I feel like Nico is trying to fix that by telling them they are not allowed to use it unless they're supervised now. Yeah, but Yarn doesn't know all of that. Nico took him aside to have a little chat. Maybe Nico tells him now, like, hey, we're on it, okay? Leave us the hell alone. So, yeah, one of my things is Yarn has a point. Also, this character is very interesting. He is this, I actually kind of feel bad for him. He's Working for this very fancy upper-class lady who makes class distinctions really important. And he's sort of lower class and wanting to climb that ladder. And he went to school with Nico, who's super famous now. And so he's just kind of always been shoved into the shadows, in a sense. One of the things that really stood out to me is that there's a part where she notes that his teeth are discolored. And it just made me think of discolored teeth as potentially being a mark of somebody who is lower status because you don't necessarily have the ability to clean them. But he's also dressed very fancy. So to me, it's just sort of another mark that he's lower status than he wishes he was. 
he's trying to kind of dress himself up as something fancy. Also, I really, really like Sandri, both because she defends Daja and she's the one who's like, uh, wait, wait, aren't you supposed to have all of this fancy stuff to do bargains? This is also the chapter where we first hear the word sati. It just gives me all the feels every time Daja uses that word about Sandri. Briar also is just a delight. And I love that he jumps in with Sandra and he's like, oh yes, and you should have cushions. And then as Polly M is getting grumpy and about to leave, he's like, well, sorry you got all done up in yellow for nothing. Bye. <laughs> it's really throwing salt in the wound there. Yeah, I love it. Finally, again, Rosethorn being very honest with the kids. I've talked in the past about the teachers being honest with their students. And when Briar's like, oh, how much burn solve do you want? She's like, well, I hear you overheard my conversation last night. So you know exactly what I expect. Then it mentions that as she walks away, she salutes, which reminds me of the scene from Triss's book where Briar salutes Crane on the wall. That's I forgot all about that. That's oh very interesting. That's yeah. Amazing. Wow. <laughs> That's so funny. Briar and Rosethorn, one in the same. They're just really bad influences on each other, you know, <laughs> yes. like in, in, in the best way. Yes. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. 
If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Part two is reading like a dedicate. This is where we look for a theme or a message in the chapter. What theme or message did you all find? Preparation. Yeah, same, same. There is a lot of preparation. I mean, you've got the obvious preparation of making the burn cells, the learning how to make the portable loom, like all of this stuff that's going on. But it's also a lot of mental preparation for what's to come. Because none of them really know what's happening or what's going to happen. But they do know something's coming. So they're all, especially with Daja, trying to mentally prepare themselves for what comes next. Mine was really similar. Be prepared, which I know I've used before. But that's really what this chapter is about. Your examples there with the burn solve. The other one that I kind of picked out was uh, with Polyam coming to negotiate. And she did not come prepared how she should have been for another trader or trading with someone else who isn't a trader. She was not prepared at all. She came in being like, here's my offer. Take it or leave it. Then everyone just kind of starts dogpiling her for being rude and not coming ready to trade in a amicable way. First of all, it's just hilarious. And second of all, I think there's lessons to be learned there. Even if you don't like someone, try to treat them respectfully, I guess, and then do things the right way. That also goes back to a scene that I think was also in Trisha's book. Daja is remembering a thing that she heard from her dad about, well, when you do a trade, you can do it one of two ways. You can do it in your way and basically make the one sale at best and lose a customer, or you can do it in the way where you sort of dumb yourself down a bit, but you please the customer. Feel like Polyam needs to hear that. Yeah, you could tell that she's not happy with the position that she's in, and I kind of feel for her that way. But it's not a good way to do business. It really isn't. My theme is status. I mean, I kind of already talked about Yaren. He has a desire for a status that he doesn't have. Polyam sort of the same way because she's just the person who makes the bargains. She spends the money and that makes her like the bottom of the rung. She's still kind of lording that over Daja because at least she is a traitor, which is better than being Trunchy. And then we also have that with Sandri, how Yaren is like, oh, you shouldn't be leaving because you're a noble. Because like if Triss or Daja was weaving, he probably wouldn't give a care. It's kind of a glimpse at the way we view status and look at status in our world and maybe give it more importance than it should have. Mine was standing up for yourself. We see it first with Polyam. Daja was kind of excited to be able to talk to a trader again. And then Polyam is belittling her still. And then Sandry, Briar, and Triss remind her, you need to stand up for yourself. You don't let us kick you around. Don't let them do it as well. And then Yaren, he goes and bullies all the kids as well. And uh, they're all 
basically still standing up for themselves in that as well, basically telling him off. Part three is reading like a mage. This is where we use the chapter to craft magic in our own lives. Actually, mine is really what Brittany just talked about. I have never been very good at standing up for myself. And that thing that Briar says is so, is very meaningful. Like I need that on a t-shirt or something. And I had a good lesson in standing up for myself this week because I have been trying to test kids. I had a deadline to get everybody tested by the end of school on Thursday. And I have 13 kids I had to test. And it takes an hour or two to test each one. And I have to do them one by one. I had requested a substitute from my principal and he wasn't getting me one. So finally, I just decided I wasn't going to put in grades until I got my kids tested and then at the end of the week he's like where are your grades you need to get your grades in and I was like I haven't been able to get my grades in because I've had to use my prep period to test because somebody won't get me a sub and Mm. uh, he finally backed off and he was like okay fine keep testing good good job yeah Yeah, good going not an easy thing to do but you did it that's the important part so my theme is that learning is different for everyone. You know, we, we had Yaren's example of him trying to follow each and every single rule and going in a really very restrictive way of teaching. That just doesn't work for everyone. It's obvious with these four kids that uh, a normal education in magic wouldn't work. Their magic is on a totally different wavelength compared to other magics, and it, they really need that this sort of free form, allowing them to explore their own powers to be able to achieve their full potential. Because when you do start doing more restrictive stuff, it can damper the imaginative possibilities in someone's head. So you really need to teach people, you know, in a way that suits them best. There's a quote that you hear sometimes in education, and it's something like, a class of two is a heterogeneous class. As soon as you have more than one student, you have to be prepared to differentiate. I always end up thinking of a, or if it's a quote or if it was like a short story about how if you try to quantify intelligence by, say, knowing how to climb a tree, a fish and a monkey would clearly be on different levels, but that doesn't mean that one is lesser than the other. And we're going to see that kind of theme come back with ambient and academic magic in this series. I have an addition to make. My great-grandmother on my mom's side was a school teacher. My grandmother on my mother's side was a school teacher. And so my mother understood that you go to school, that's how you learn, and that was it. There was no other option. I was a gifted student. I learned subject material too quickly. I would be four months ahead than everybody else at any given moment. Except in math. It's fuck math. And so if I was at school, I was sitting next to her in a university. And at the age of like six, I fully comprehended what was going on in a trigonometry class. Sending me to school was a horrible idea because it didn't challenge me. And Goodwood was talking about it kind of dampers the imaginative what can be done. Thankfully, she learned her lesson and she's homeschooling my little sister. 
and my little sister who is nine is reading on a seventh grade level. She's doing science in an eighth grade level. So she's where I would have been if I was homeschooled. I feel like she and I are a perfect example of what happens when you do the norm for teaching and when you allow a child to grow at their pace. I've got one that's very, very similar to Molly's and Brittany's theme that she found, except it's defending, even in scary situations. Defend what you think is right. Defend the people that mean the most to you. I know that sometimes I'm very blind in that love and trust. So I will defend someone that I love with my dying breath. Even if I think they're wrong. Because their aggressor does not get any say so. I will tell them in private, I think you're a fucking idiot. That was an awful idea. But in public... Fuck off, that's my friend. You're wrong, you're the asshole. Defending yourself and defending the people that you care about was my magic that I found. Mine is, sometimes we have to do things we don't like. (laughs) Uh, I think that's the truth. Like cleaning my house. I don't like cleaning my house, but we gotta do it. I gotta do it. I don't want to go to work, but I gotta do it. Like Tris, not wanting to cut the aloe. Doing things we don't like doing. I think that makes it excerpt time. This is an excerpt from Dodge's book, Chapter 5. Cold air drifted by. She looked for the source and quivered with astonishment. Near her end of the valley lay an immense, jagged ribbon of ice. The valley seemed to continue on under it. The mountains that hemmed the valley also limited that frozen river. It stretched back into those mountains as far as she could see. She tried to guess how deep the center of the ribbon went before it reached the valley floor. It must have been hundreds of feet thick. Now she heard sounds under the whistle of the wind, an abundance of creaks, groans, and snaps. They rose from the deep cracks in the ice river surface, as if the ice either moved or had thousands of residents inside hammering away. Its depths glinted cool blue. Its surface was filthy, covered with scattered rock and dirt. What could it be, she wondered, and why did it make so much noise? Dodge? Sounded in her mind. Briar's magical voice was thin and distant. This is no time to go frisking off. Where are you? I have no idea, she replied. I think I took the wrong way out. Wait, I'll catch up, the boy ordered. She looked at the iceless end of the valley. Where was Goldridge Castle? For that matter, where were the farms and trees? If the land below had ever supported people, it did so no longer. Brush and reeds grew on the banks of the small river that trickled from the end of the ice ribbon and lay more thickly on the sides of the valley, but it was all short growth, not very old. A herd of elk grazed in the distance as calmly as if it were full night. These animals weren't used to being hunted. If she couldn't see the castle, she ought to know at least where Triss and Sandry were. She could certainly feel Briar's approach. Concentrating, she searched for a sign of the other two girls' magic. There it was, miles away and hidden behind a granite ridge. Their power was a glow on that horizon, shining through a layer of smoke. The grass fires were closer to the castle than they'd been the day before. That old buzzard Yarin better do what he says he can, Daja thought grimly. I'd as soon not be grilled like a sausage for a giant supper. 
Where is this place? Briar demanded, popping up from the hot springs to halt beside her. You're miles from Gold Ridge. I know, she said. Look at that. Briar disappeared so quickly, she thought he'd evaporated like water in the sun. He jumped over to the icy ribbon and was drifting across its surface, visible just as a silver glimmer to her magical vision. I don't want to go there, she told him. It's cold. It won't like me. It's just ice, he protested. And ice and smiths are supposed to mix, she demanded, ghosting down the cliff face. I'll freeze and go all brittle and break. Have you ever seen anything like it, he asked, his voice filled with wonder. He seeped into a deep blue crack. I liked the hot springs better, she said. The cold ate into her, making her feel sluggish and heavy. Reading Circle Temple is produced by us, Molly, Brittany, Indy, and Goodwin. If you like listening, tell your friends about us. If you don't like listening, tell your enemies. Please tell us what you think of the Circle of Magic by emailing us at templeofreadingcircle at gmail.com or join our Reading Circle Temple Facebook group. You can find more of Reading Circle Temple at readingcircletemple.com or find Reading Circle Temple on Tumblr. And thanks to Yellow is for Happy for our artwork. You can find more of their artwork on Tumblr at Yellow is for Happy Draws or on Instagram at Shannon and Draws. Also, thanks to Britain's brother, Thomas Dick, for our theme music. You can find more of his music by following Thomas Dick on SoundCloud. Thanks to Tamara Pierce for writing The Circle of Magic. And thanks to you for listening. Let's all have coffee next week. William comes back with the cushions and the the trinket and the food. And the food and also the food. Did I mention the food? Wait. Is that this chapter? I don't know. I could be mentioning that. I don't think so. No, it's not that chapter. It's a chapter after the next one. That's chapter five. Spoiler alert, there's food involved. <laughs> what? <laughs> food. Okay, whoops, I'll cut that part out. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. 
Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Velour XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you.